Hello, and welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm Emma Sandler, beauty and wellness editor at Glossy, and your host for today's episode, featuring Celine Talabaza, CEO of luxury skincare brand Noble Panacea. Noble Panacea was formed out of the scientific discoveries of Sir Fraser Stoddard, a scientist who has received numerous awards, including the 2016 Nobel Prize in Chemistry. His discovery of the organic supermolecular vessel technology, also referred to as OSMV, is the core of Noble Panacea and its unique ingredient delivery system. The brand made a splash in October 2019 with a launch event at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City and has since signed on actress Jodie Comer as brand ambassador. Noble Panacea has quickly ascended the luxury ranks with its unique approach to beauty. Celine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Emma. It's such a pleasure to be here. Celine, you've been with Noble Panacea since the beginning. Can you share with us how you became involved in the brand and what first interested you in it? Of course. So I always worked in the beauty industry. You know, I come from these bigger corporations such as L'Oreal, Unilever, LVMH, um, and when I first heard about the project, really, someone told me there is this amazing chemist um, that has made a discovery that could potentially have an application in skincare. Would you be up for building a brand from scratch with him? So, um, you know, it seemed really like the, the dream proposition. So I went um, to Chicago to Northwestern University and met Sir Fraser. Um, and when I met him, I really... Uh, was seduced by his values. Not only the intelligent man he is, uh, obviously, uh, you know, very knowledgeable and one of the top 10 chemists in the world today, but I was seduced by, um, you know, the effort and his passion that he put into mentoring PhD students. He was also very inclusive. Uh, he loves diversity. He's a very humble person, very down to earth. Um, so, you know, this coupled with a system of encapsulation, so uh, the technology that I will be explaining a little later, um, that was about to become like something completely groundbreaking for the industry, that couple of the person and the technology really, really um, drew me into the project. The luxury brand is a very competitive space. You're up against brands that have been around for decades, if not almost a century. So as a luxury brand competing with those household heritage names, it's a long road to success. Where did you first look to establish authority and what did the brand do in its early stages? I spent quite some time to, first of all, understand this client and who will be able to be interested and understand um, the technology and afford it as well. Um, so I spent quite some time understanding really what would make a difference from um, our client's perspective. And you know, um, the client of Noble Panacea are people that are, have a full life. Um, have the mean to purchase as well. And um, they are really well educated. So they know their formula, they know their inky list, they know the type of ingredients you can and cannot use. They have uh, certainly 
standards and expectations that they want us to meet. So when we started the development of, okay, we have this amazing technology, but who do we cater it to? Um, and what type of packaging we're going to use? What type of product do they want us to use? What type of education um, should we give them to convince them uh, that this is actually a better solution? So everything was studied um, in order to create Noble Panacea as the most relevant, high-tech, um, high-efficiency um, brand. And, and I think, you know, partnering with people outside of the company, because if I tell you that the product is amazing or Surfers is an amazing uh, person, that's great, but I'm inside Noble Panacea, um, obviously. So partnering with professionals in the industry that have seen these millions of brands in the past and actually listening from them, is it, is it such a big deal? Is it like really making a difference? Do they see the difference in their skin? Do they think the delivery system we propose, the system of encapsulation of ingredient um, is actually having an effect on, on the skin? And, um, you know, we first partnered with Dr. Anne Chapas in New York when we uh, first launched, as you mentioned, at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Um, and, and she was the beginning of listening from a professional Yes, this is actually such a big deal because it keeps the ingredient integrity um, optimal. And then because it's, it's dissected and cut into such small pieces and protected, it's driven further into the skin. Um, couple this by the proof that we have a higher uh, penetration um, of ingredients that really made it made me understand that um, what we were proposing was also relevant to professionals. So then how do you cut through? Because there are millions of beautiful brands existing in this industry. Uh, some of them I worked for. I thought, you know, we um, would need to be positioned in a very um, certain way. We should look a little different from um, anyone else. We should hold sustainability at our core uh, without making any type of compromise uh, when it comes of sourcing the material, etc. And then choosing very carefully the, the person we partner with. You've mentioned we have um, Jodie Comer as our global brand ambassador. Um, we chose her for very specific reasons. She's obviously a gorgeous lady, but she's also extremely smart, very daring in the choices she makes in her career. Um, she's been awarded a um, few times and, and even with all of these recognitions, she is still very much like uh, someone who is passionate about her craft and down to earth. Uh, that's what we wanted to bring into the brand, an ambassador who represented a female that had different layers. And, and we continue to do that with every type of person we collaborate to or brand um, we collaborate with is um, making sure we choose the partners that are able to emphasize uh, the differences of Noble Panacea. I mentioned it at the top of the show, the OSM fee, but would you mind walking me through a bit more about it for our audience who might not be as familiar with it? Of course. So the OSMV, as you mentioned, um, is 
the short name for uh, organic supermolecular vessel. And what it is, uh, in simple words, is a system of encapsulation of active ingredients which have been proven to increase the potency of your normal skincare by tenfold. And what they are, if you were to imagine it, um, they are tiny molecular sculptures housing the active ingredient at the molecular level, protecting it, from degradation, from cross-interaction, and making them traveling further into the skin. And we do have a plus 200% penetration lab data versus non-OSMV encapsulated ingredient. The beauty of the OSMV is that this tiny vessel will open its door in a precise and a pre-programmed pattern during the day or the night. And the main goal for doing so is to release the active ingredients um, the whole day or night in a specific order at a controlled release and rate. Uh, we can microdose them. We can choose a specific phase of the night where we want repairing ingredient or detoxifying ingredients. Um, and the beauty of it is that really your cream or your, your product keeps on working for you while you wear it. And that if in in itself, is really a true groundbreaking, uh, groundbreaking proposition for Noble Panacea. Um, because this system of encapsulation is like nothing you can find on the market today. And I always say that raises the question on, you know, the product that you use that doesn't contain OSMV, um, how are the ingredients still working? And what type of action do they have on your skin? Um, so that's the SMV uh, technology we are talking about. Thank you. So the brand launched in 2019. Where is the company now in its life stage? So we launched, yes, we launched um, at the end of 2019. Um, then, as you know, COVID hit. That was definitely unexpected and a very interesting moment for us because we were just starting uh, we were very lucky because we were um, remote at that point and we didn't open any physical door. Um, so I think that that was also a good learning for us. And now uh, in 2023, we are present in 13 countries. So we have first launched the USA in, uh, in 2019. Um, we are at uh, different retailers, retailers that really... Um, are able to um, understand and give us the space to explain the, and educate the clients. Um, and some of them are Harrods or Neiman Marcus or Saks, Le Bon Marché in France. Um, and we are also partnering with uh, Netaporté, uh, Luisa Villaroma, Moda Operandi. Uh, and these platforms are... Um, very interesting for us because the client uh, of Aneta Porte, for example, really is um, an online user and um, do take the risk of ordering something of a high value online without touching the fabric or without trying the shoes or without touching the texture of a, of a skincare. Um, and that has been working well for us. So, um, yeah, that's where we are at the moment. In terms of 
uh, employees. We have grown the company up to uh, 50 employees, if I'm not wrong. So um, the size of the company, it's still uh, small, but um, it's definitely growing. And um, with these numerous retailers and our own platform, um, our website, we have been seeing um, a very healthy growth in the business in different regions, in North America, in Europe, in the Middle East, and um, in Asia. What do you think has been the biggest challenge as an indie luxury brand? The biggest challenge, um, you know, there, there are a few different challenges that uh, come with being a niche brand in that industry, um, but also that comes with the fact that we work with a Nobel laureate um, and therefore the way we create our product um, is quite different. So we have our own laboratory um, based in California. The scientists uh, who run the, the lab are the only one in the world able to manipulate the USMV, um, the only one who know how to, um, you know, include this active ingredient into the USMV. So that definitely brings some complexity, but that brings some rarity and beauty to the product as well. I would say, um, as of now, we produce in small batches and we are still able to cater to um, the demand because we choose our location very carefully. Um, but in the future, the, the challenge would be how do we um, how do we make sure that we can sustain the demand um, when we craft in such a small batches? I, I would say this is one of the of the challenge. Yeah, it, that's so interesting because you know you hear especially when it was in 2020 or 2021, and a lot of brands were having supply chain issues. And it's a blessing and a curse when you sell out of a product because, of course, it means, you know, people really want that product. It's popular. That's really nice to see. But it also means that a huge group of customers can't buy it because it's not available. Um, at, at what point do you think you're going to hit this inflection point where you're going to need to find a way to really scale up production to meet the growing demand? Well, we are already thinking about it to make sure we don't end up in that situation. Of course. <laughs> um, but definitely, you know, uh, from launching in one country um, to uh, launching in Europe and then Asia has already given a sign that um, we should grow in that sense. We also have, so recently this year, we have launched um, the UAE and Singapore. Last year, we launched Hong Kong. Um, and we also have just opened some uh, hotel and spa where you can enjoy and experience the high-tech facials from Noble Panacea. So all of this is telling me that, you know, um, my operations team needs to uh, work on a, on a scaling plan, definitely, uh, because the demand is increasing, which is a good problem to have. 
you're going to have to tell me later where those hotels and spas are so I can plan a vacation for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, they are mostly in Europe at the moment. We are at Nobu, London and GK Place in Paris. Um, Two of and... my favorite places, London and Paris. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> so you mentioned a lot of expansion, but tell me more. Given the brand's youth, what sort of business areas are you looking to expand upon? Yes, so we are definitely um, looking at Asia. We, we've received uh, a really warm welcome from Hong Kong last year with our exclusive partner, Joyce Beauty. Um, it seems that there is a, a need uh, from the Asian consumer uh, to have more of, um, you know, high science product. Um, there is also the desire to um, have a routine that is simple but complete. And um, the awareness of uh, the hygiene is extremely high in Asia. And because we come in daily dose, um, that is also highly appreciated. So um, Asia is definitely a, an area of focus for the future. Yeah. Tell me more about that expansion to the Hong Kong area. I mean, the Chinese economy has been going through a bit of rigmarole lately. Um, and I know there's been some shifts from the Chinese consumer standpoint around beauty. Um, I'm not sure how that's impacted luxury brands, but I know there's been a great interest for homegrown uh, Chinese brands. So tell me more about your experience there. Yes, so so far we were able to um, interact with uh, our Chinese clients really through um, um, online and uh, in counters like Harrods, for example. Um, and there is a high demand uh, for a brand like Noble Panacea, as I mentioned. The understanding of the importance of having such a high caliber um, of you know, a scientist behind the brand who is truly, who truly made a discovery that changes the potency and the efficiency of your formula. Um, they are very keen on that. We haven't entered China yet. As you know, it's a very complex market. Um, but there are options uh, that we are um, currently seeing as uh, potentially doors to open uh, in China, we chose to start it, to start with Hong Kong and Singapore because, you know, it's a client that is based in Asia. It's also a way for us to test our formula in a different weather. You know, sometimes Hong Kong and, and Singapore always are very humid, uh, very hot. So we want to make sure that we also um, can claim that our formula and our textures and the whole product experience is still enjoyed in this type of weather. And we got um, the confirmation of that. So for me, that was important to enter through these um, two different countries before looking at the China market. That's such an interesting point you bring up about having to make sure these ingredients or, or even the packaging are appropriate for different climates. Um, there's so much thought that has to go into these types of, of different approaches. And 
I think people are often surprised when a brand says, oh, it took two years to develop or, you know, this is how we have to make it or, you know, put it in a bottle uh, in order for it to work in, in many different geographies, in, in different biospheres, if you will. Um, so that's, that's a really interesting to me. I, I know that you recently launched some new products. Would you care to tell us a bit more about that? Of course. Um, so we just have launched and released uh, two new face oils, uh, part of the Absolute and the Brilliant Collection. And the reason why we wanted to launch um, a face oil um, to start with is that it's a beautiful product to end your skincare routine for during the day or during the night. Because when you apply water-based product, uh, you will have a certain percentage of evaporation um, and you don't really want that to happen. You want to make sure that everything is staying in and putting that oil at the end of your routine act as a, a barrier against the evaporation. But a big misconception about oil is that, oh, it gives such like a shiny lump effect that you feel that is actually hydrating your skin. But it's not because, as you know very well, oil and water are not friends. Um, so we went back to our lab and we were saying, how wonderful would it be if for the first time we could launch an oil that would be hydrating because we can encapsulate different ingredients. And here you go. So the face oils of Noble Panacea released this month um, encapsulate hyaluronic acid. Uh, water-soluble ingredients. So not only you will create that beautiful finished look that is plump, but you will get that deep hydration as well um, that you wouldn't be able to have uh, with any other face oil. So we talked a little bit earlier about Jodi Comer signing on as brand ambassador in 2020, and she's been in numerous campaigns since. I want to hear your thoughts on sort of the significance or the role of a celebrity ambassador. I feel like in a world in which mega influencers are created practically overnight, it's sort of tilted the balance a bit. So I'd love to hear your thoughts um, even further about the value of having a public figure like Jodi um, as part of the brand. Yes, and I understand your question because I think from like 10 years ago compared to today, the role of a global ambassador has changed. Um, and also there is this, um, you know, it's it's not a relationship from a brand to a client. It's not a unilateral relationship. It's really more of like an equal um, um, flow of information and um, while in the past the ambassador was basically there to um, portray the dream of what could a beauty product do, um, I think now we are entering an, an, an era that is way more interesting, where, first of all, an ambassador um, is not only here for their uh, look, but also what they stand for, what they have to say, their talent. Um, their depth. And that's the reason why we chose Jodie, because she is uh, definitely not only a pretty face, she's so talented 
and has so many facets um, and still being a very nice person. So that's what I was looking for. Um, for us as a new brand, it was important to have uh, someone that we could quickly associate with and say, all right, Noble Panacea is launching. They are the only brand founded by a Nobel laureate. They have that new technology that is difficult to understand. What do they stand for? And so when you're associating yourself with someone like Jody, you're uh, establishing some st standards um, that help us communicate what are the values, what are you know, um, the type of women we, we are talking to. Now, I hear you. Uh, we are entering an era where um, mega-influencers or even micro-influencers, you know, have a say about the brand and, and are actually ambassadors themselves because they would say why they love it, they would say why, what are their favorite products, or they would write, like, these reviews that would have million views. Um, and I think that's very important to have a complete set of voices, um, people from the professional world, people from um, the journalists and the press and people that are used to review beauty products for years and years to tell you really transparently, this is great and this has to improve. Uh, for us as a brand, is extremely helpful. And then to have these influencers from a macro level to a micro level um, in different type of industry, not only fashion and beauty, but also you know, people that are um, high performers or very busy businesswomen um, who are looking for that efficacy, you know, who have very high standards, no time. Um, that is also the type of people we want to build in our community. Um, so Jody is definitely a part of it, but um, when it comes to like the community of voices for Noble Panacea, is, is way more diverse than just uh, uh, one ambassador. What is Noble Panacea's take on social media? I mean, what does the luxury approach look like on a platform, especially buzzy ones like TikTok and YouTube, for example? Social media for us is a way to do a reality check and um, understand very quickly if what we are saying is too complicated or um, if the words can be understood, if the science can be democratized, it's a wonderful tool to educate. And it's also uh, playing the role of a window where you can display your product, you can display the look, the lifestyle um, you want to associate with the brand. For me, I love it when it comes to collaboration. Um, so I really love collaborating with people that would make no compromise with the product they would use. We recently have um, partnered with Patrick Ta, who is, um, from what I understand, uh, huge on TikTok. We are not on TikTok. Uh, Noble Panacea is not on TikTok. Um, he's huge and, and, you know, he works with one of the biggest names in the industry. So definitely working with him um, is very interesting because we are able to um, target his viewers, but at the same time get his expertise and his take on how would he use the face oil, for example, in his makeup. 
So I found that very interesting. And then when we have beautiful brand collaboration, um, for example, in, in February, we did partner with Kate, um, the designer for Fashion Week, and that turned out beautifully on social media. And uh, very recently, last week, we did partner with uh, Rosie Asulin as well as Brandon Maxwell. And to see the product used backstage and then wore on the uh, catwalk um, and coming out so beautifully, it's it's when social media becomes very interesting, you know, bringing two brands together and see how they can uh, coexist. When it comes to TikTok and YouTube, um, I think each platform of social media have a different role and different relevance according to different countries. Um, so that definitely um, is something we are uh, working with. Are there any that Noble Panaceas, not on like TikTok you mentioned, but you know, you're kind of intrigued or interested in it, you see potential for it, even if it's not at this moment? I think TikTok is a wonderful tool, very smart. Um, I have personal friends who could spend hours and hours on TikTok because TikTok understands your need and feed you the information um, you need. So the more you watch it or consume it, the more uh, interesting the content is going to be. Um, for Noble Panacea, when you're speaking about a brand that is um, of you know, this caliber and um, the level of science, I mean, that's behind the brand, I think it could be very interesting in terms of educating, um, you know, why is an encapsulation system crucial for your product to work? Uh, why don't we put fragrance in our uh, skincare? Uh, why don't we put alcohol? Uh, why is this that product vegan and why is it more than just a trend? You know, like this type of educational pieces, I think would be very relevant for TikTok. But when it comes to respecting a brand aesthetic, and um, we are very big on, on aesthetic and on, you know, design and making sure that Every bit on the packaging has a reason why it has been designed this way in a sustainable manner. Um, TikTok is a little bit more challenging, yet very interesting. And then finally, from my personal point of view, I know that um, our client um, or our target client, the self-optimizer, would definitely uh, be extremely busy and would try to optimize all the different, you know, um, parts of their day. Um, they would probably know what their metabolism like. They would plan their um, meal for the rest of the week. They would have that workout uh, every day with a different person and would socialize in a certain way. That So everything is planned. They are very busy. And I think we are becoming more and more aware that there is also a place for mental health um, where social media could have like um, a negative role in it. So um, I'm still unclear if the Noble Panacea client is consuming as much social media as uh, the rest of, you know, all the beauty users. Yeah, that's totally fair. And of course, our audience can't 
see uh, you or me, but as you're talking about the optimizer, I couldn't help but sort of chuckle to myself because I feel like you were talking like <laughs> into my soul, like that is that is me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you also mentioned uh, New York Fashion Week a bit. How do tell me more about how those in real life moments sort of compare to more digitally native social media moments. Um, I am very interested in hearing what else you are sort of thinking about in terms of other real life moments or how to maximize that New York Fashion Week moment. Yeah. So for me, the the New York Fashion Week or the London Fashion Week, um, any type of fashion week, the reason why I'm looking at them and at creating collaboration at, during that moment, it's because all the professionals, the makeup artist or the skin artist, the designer, uh, the brand, the models, everyone is under tremendous pressure. You know how it is, right? Millions of shows in the same day, the model needs to change their clothes. So basically, as a brand, what what your role is really to perform uh, when you propose a skincare. And I take this as a crash test. It means if the skin artist chooses to use Noble Panacea backstage on a model that he will have to do, I don't know, maybe 40 different models, prepare the skin, it will have to be impeccable because we know um, that, you know, beautiful, gorgeous design and um, super healthy, glowing skin really are a super perfect combo. So, um, yeah, it, it is a crash, crash test to make sure that the product delivers and that um, someone that would be under tremendous pressure would uh, use Noble Panacea at that time. So I'm always excited when um, we are chosen to collaborate with these brands and, you know, we've, we've done quite a few. We did um, Simkai, we did Kate, we did Roxanda in London. Uh, that was lovely. And uh, recently, Brandon Maxwell and Rosie Asulin. It's also, for me, a way to um, showcase the skin in movement because we are not selling branded bags or branded clothes that you can recognize with a pattern or a design we are selling skincare. And when you go out, you do not wear the brand of your skincare on your face, right? Uh, so it's always very interesting to associate skincare with more visual cues. Again, as a new brand to make people understand, okay, Noble Panacea is more in the line of that type of design. Um, and if you would have seen Brandon Maxwell's show, uh, last week. It's exactly this, like clean line, minimalist, um, uh, white and black, uh, very tiny cue of uh, eccentricity, but like gorgeous, gorgeous line that falls effortlessly. And and that really um, corresponds to uh, Noble Panacea from a design perspective. So that's why um, I think it's it's very interesting, uh, Fashion Week. Real-life moments such as the different events we create and the experience are very important. And for me, the most exciting is the high-tech facial. Um, the new experience from Noble Panacea we propose to our clients. Um, so then they can just lie down and enjoy the entire routine. And at the end of the routine, they see the results on their skin. 
because uh, I can tell the story of Sir Fraser, of the OSMV, uh, of the beautiful collaboration and our brand community. But at the end of the day, if you're using the product and you don't see any results on your skin, everything is useless. So that's why I'm so excited about the high-tech facial because uh, we got some great, great, great uh, feedback. In addition to that, Celine, share with me what your outlook on the luxury category is as a whole. Do you have any expectations for where it's headed as a category? Yeah. Uh, well, my personal expectation for me, luxury is uh, space. So uh, Switzerland is a good example. Um, and when I lived in Switzerland, really like you, you, you're alone in this beautiful setting and you're alone. And for me, that is really luxury, like the space, the quality of the air, um, having nature um, that is in like, you know, um, super great state. Uh, for me, that is luxury. And so that links me to the idea of sustainability. Because I do believe uh, a true luxury product is engineered in a way that cannot be copied, um, that is truly unique, but it's also engineered in a way that is respectful of the community, of the earth, of the environment. And, and that's where um, I wish the luxury industry is heading towards, um, into really crafting products thinking about the whole loop of consumption until, okay, what I'm going to do with that product once I don't want to use it um, again? Where do I want to throw it? How will it decompose? What type of waste I'm going to create? Um, and if we as brands start to think about that when we create new products, then um, we might be closer to the solution. Uh, so that's my wish. <laughs> Uh, but I, I do think that more science-backed um, uh, product, at least in the beauty industry, will be proposed because really what makes a great formula in skincare is chemistry. Um, you know, so you need to have an understanding on how a molecule uh, interacts with another and what kind of effect it, it creates and what kind of uh, action it will have on your skin. If you do not have an understanding on that mechanism, you might just throw a different ingredient in there and hopefully it works. You know what I mean? So um, heavy, high science, I think is also, um, will be there in the future. And then of course, uh, with this enable some beautiful, personalized, tailor-made uh, product for different uh, individuals. I like what you had to say about how your personal opinion space is a signifier of luxury. I've always held the belief that time is a great signifier of luxury, having time to do something, having that freedom of, I guess, space in time. Yeah. Um, and, and it kind of makes me think too of how the European brands La Prairie and Valmont, which are both luxury brands they used to have, um, these very like traditional European spas, mm -hmm. which were 
kind of like the old age of like, let's go drink the special mineral waters. Let's spend like a month at this spa. Neither brand is associated with those um, spas today, though they're both still standing. I, I'm I'm interested if in an ideal world or a long-term vision, Noble Panacea would have a space like that. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I don't have the answer right now. I can, what I can tell you is um, looking at how you create a product with um, the end of its life in mind makes a huge difference because you consider where you're sourcing from, you suddenly don't make any compromise on the type of material you use. This has a, an immense cost. So then... Uh, by definition, you become a luxury good because you're working with scientists that are the only one who knows how to manipulate the OSMV. You have your own lab because you don't want to compromise on green chemistry principles. And you source materials that are uh, starch-based that are not used by most of the brands. So then the, the, the supply is very tiny and the price is very high. Um, so everything is is becomes a luxury product. I personally... I'm, um, I love these serenity places and these historical places because I think they ground the traditional luxury brand and, you know, they have a beautiful history um, and I really like that. I like art as well. So um, I, I really do respect that. Um, I don't know if Noble Panacea would have a place like this. We come from fundamental research so I, I would position it more into like a high tech, um, high tech, high tech to deep tech um, environment rather than a traditional beautiful retreat, you know. Uh, that's totally fine, and I I agree. There is definitely that scientific principle, and that's really the selling point. Mm-hmm. Um, Celine, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. This was such an enjoyable conversation and I feel like I learned so much, even though I was already very familiar with Noble Panacea. Thank you so much, Emma. It was a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Tune in next week for another episode. And of course, if you haven't already subscribed, please hit that button. 